0: Yes, I think creativity is tapping into this infinite, formless thing, which exists in a different universe other than our own. And I think each piece of creativity has something to say, something to contribute to humanity. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process.
1: And now, here's your host, Dave Buddha. Hello and welcome to Darken the Page. Today's episode is with Daniel Brown. One of the interesting things you might notice in this episode is that Daniel does not have a typical work routine. He is more of a binge worker, but it really works for him. He's written a really successful book called The Energy Equation, um, and he may or may not be working on a second one. Uh, We joke about that. In the episode, he talks about... How to really let the writing come through you. And the way he does it is just so good. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. He's, uh, you know, he's not too weird about it, but he he's still represents the way he feels uh, very authentically. So I really enjoyed that. Go to darkenthepage.com slash 029 for the show notes for links to Daniel's work. And make sure you email me with any feedback, darkenthepage at gmail.com. Here's the episode. I am here today with my friend and long-awaited guest this show, and his name is Daniel Brown. Daniel is a friend of mine from the coaching world, and I'm really happy, always enjoyed our conversations, so thank you for being on the show.
0: It's a pleasure. Hello.
1: Hello. Yeah. And actually, since living in Bali and meeting a lot of different people, I've had a lot of different accents in the show. So I'm happy to have another uh, non-American accent. This has been kind of a theme lately. It's very exciting. Okay. Probably great. not I so ha- much for you, but it's exciting for me.
0: Okay, I- I'm happy to share my accent with you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, man.
1: What a guy, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, just as we get started here, tell me just a little brief history of you as a writer. Um, you know, have you have you always been such a kick-ass writer as you are now? Um, you know, putting books out with ease and and just globetrotting trotting and that kind of thing.
0: Actually, the complete opposite. I, <laughs> it's funny. I actually don't like writing. <laughs> if if you if you look at how I write, I I have the the shortest of emails. I've actually pissed off my PR person once because my email was so brief, and they kind of stopped talking to me. <laughs> so, you had, you
1: had actually, to get a new PR person, I guess. Yeah. I
0: ha- I had to, yeah. But um, I'm actually, my background is more um, science. I, I studied science at school. I didn't really do, I chose not to do any of the essay subjects. Uh-huh. Um, I avoided writing for most of my life. And when then.
1: When you put it that way, when you put it essay subjects, like no one, who wants to do essay
0: subjects? I mean, let's face it, that sounds terrible. Some people love them, but I just, <laughs> for me, it's like there's no right answer. How do you know if you've got the right answer if you're writing an essay? Yeah. So I kind of avoided that. Yeah. So it's pretty much science reports, experiments, like that, that was my style of writing. And I didn't really enjoy writing at all. uh uh-huh. And then, um, I worked for an entrepreneur and I had to write all these reports and procedures. And it was like, he was really harsh in terms of making sure my grammar was correct, my spelling, my punctuation. Mm-hmm. I used to get pulled up on every mistake. And it was actually, it was very painful, but it actually made me become a better writer. Like, um... Just making sure my grammar was correct and there was a lot less mistakes. I as as actually, um, I remember I worked for Moody's, which is a rating agency, and we had to do a lot of write press releases. Mm -hmm. And I would spend a couple of hours on a paragraph because I just I hated it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I think I only started enjoying writing when. I start. I, I basically became a coach, and I was looking at, okay, what do I want to coach around? And for me, it was about energy and performance. Because mm-hmm. I basically worked in an investment bank and worked really long hours, and I was really interested around how can people perform better and have a happier, more successful life.
1: Yeah, so it seems like when you got to combine science with the writing, that's when it became exciting for you?
0: Yeah. and Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think it's more... Like, writing for me was actually, it was almost channeling, actually. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started approaching the subject, suddenly all these ideas came came out. Um, It was like all the information was downloaded. So I was just inspired to write. I just, um, I had the technical training through working for this entrepreneur. But then as soon as I started to write, to sit down, it just came out. It poured out. And I'd be in the shower and ideas would come. I'd have to put them in a dictaphone. Like, I was just in this real creative flow, creative process. Nice. And I loved it. It was actually, for me, it's all about being in the creative process. That's what really inspires me.
1: Yeah. So say more about that, because that to me is really the juice of what I personally love talking about, sort of why I started the show. It's like, what have you learned about the creative process through writing and, and how do you relate to that?
0: Um, well, for me personally, um, I see my creativity is all around problem solving. So I get most of my creativity. I'm more of an extrovert. If I sit down and try to write, it, it's quite difficult. I need to go out, meet people, talk, mm-hmm. kind of be an extrovert self, and then then actually then go back into my, then kind of sit alone and then allow that to come through. And then, then the all the ideas come, all the solutions come. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, so that's how I wrote my bo- book. Um, if I'm writing a blog it generally comes up either through my coaching practice or from just speaking to people and seeing what problems people face and then coming up with the creative solution.
1: Mm-hmm. I can relate to that a lot and find a lot of my best writing comes after inspiring conversations where I get to discover essentially what I know through the yeah. questions and answers through through people asking and talking about it and trying to have explained things like three different ways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. It is... I,
1: I did a writing retreat for myself um, last week, and I was actually kind of worried because I was going to go to the beach in uh, in Bali here and just be totally by myself for a week. And and yeah. I'm like, I don't know. This could this uh, this could go horribly because I don't have anybody to, to talk to and inspire ideas. Um, yeah. And I ended up just I ended up actually the way that I got some of the writing that I loved the most was I'd start kind of having conversations in my head with with people. Like I'd picture someone in my life that I, and and I had like some like miniature beef with them or about how they see the world and I'd start to explain it. And then as I start to explain it, these ideas would come and my mind would start forming these things in, in ways that everybody could understand. And then I'd be like, oh, I have an idea for a chapter. And that oh, was yeah. really interesting. But yeah. Oh, I like that. I ended up working out okay. I didn't go crazy, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's funny because I went on holiday to write and actually nothing came through wow <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like oh well I'm just enjoying my I was, I was on the beach as well and I thought actually it does it's fine I'm not in that in that space right now and it's okay
1: yeah <laughs> you know one of the, I just interviewed Ron Wilder um, and he one of the things that he's doing for his latest book is he's simultaneously creating a podcast and recording audio um, and then transcribing that. And it was actually someone, another guy I talked to who was was getting on the phone for like 15 minutes a day with a friend of his and the friends would just ask him questions about his subjects and he would just talk on it and then he'd send it to a transcriber and then take that text and edit it. And I find that that was really interesting and maybe kind of fits a little bit of, let's call it like our extroverted writing style. You know, Have you ever experimented with that at all?
0: I have, yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I find the same thing when I'm coaching. It's Actually, it's funny. let talk about Ron. I, had, I actually worked with Ron, so he, told, he kind of coached me around this. Um, oh, nice. Like, some people are very, in terms of, I think it was Perry Marshall's recording um, marketing style, but he talks about people who are alchemists versus people who do recording material. So alchemists um, create in the moment. Um, was recorded, I need to sit down and think about it and process it. But I, I find I'm moving more towards the al- alchemy, so I have a conversation with someone and then the ideas will just come just like that. So that's when you need to record it, uh, when it's coming through. So I totally agree agree with that, actually. Um, nice. And most of, most of my ideas for workshops or books or whatever come through uh, exploring converse, uh, subjects I haven't really thought about before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then just allowing just allowing it to come through and, and, uh, and recording it.
1: Do you find that there are certain types of conversations that are better for you in terms of, um, you know, talking to clients or do you, uh, you know, talking to 10-year-olds or uh, what seems, have you noticed anything that's, that helps?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Actually. I just I thought of actually
1: uh, that talking to 10-year-olds would be really interesting. Like, what would it be like to actually explain this stuff to little kids? I feel like that would inspire a lot of creativity.
0: Uh, I I could try that. I, I have a five-year-old <laughs> nephew. <laughs> I don't know any ten-year-olds. Nice. <laughs> I could I could give that a go. <laughs> Five's good enough. Five's good enough.
1: Um, what are some other What are some other habits or rituals that you tend to do when you're when you're really like writing and and in, in the zone?
0: Um, I try to go for a long walk um so steve chandler's wealth walk i love that idea and um, i would just go for a long walk in nature like i get a lot of because i think in terms of creativity there's a, you've got to manage your energy like mm. spiritual energy physical energy so if i'm going to nature recharges me inspire, inspires me um i used to actually i used to do kabbalah which i'm not doing anymore but i'd find every like you go to Shabbat and you have this um connection and i find on friday you did it on friday evening and saturday morning and then saturday afternoon all the ideas would just come Mm -hmm. so i think whenever you take a break from what you're doing and then find a way to reconnect spiritually i always find um there is a connection like i for me i think creativity is like connecting to god or the universe or something there's Mm -hmm. like this or the collective consciousness i think there's our ideas out there and when we learn to connect spiritually they will just come through us Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my met- that's kind of my metaphor for it and kind of what I'm exploring in terms of creativity
1: nice, yeah, I like that
0: so yeah, and I find when I'm stuck it's generally because I'm, I'm trying too hard or I'm kind of um, yeah, putting too much focus on trying to get something right trying to get something down and then if I just stop and do something get, like remember to connect spiritually I think surely it comes through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I find that for myself too, that a lot of times there, there is a listening necessary, you know, that if I'm trying to force something too much, I'm not really listening to the subtle voices or the subtle things that are there that I could pick up on and and, and let that be what inspires me instead of think, okay, I need to write about this. I need to write this. And, you know.
0: yeah. It's funny because I have that, like, I, I'm having... I <laughs> don't know if it's called the, the second book syndrome. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, the more I try to force myself to, like, write a second book, the more, like, I resist writing the second book. Yeah. So I've, I've written some great blo- blogs. Like, my first book was quite... was reasonably successful. It got into stores. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, I've, writing blogs is fine, pretty easy, but trying to write a second book... um. Like I've just had to just you know just let it go for now and just see what comes at see what wants to come out i've re- i've started quite a few um new books and um i've got some i've got lots of different subjects to explore but actually getting something to completion has been a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. um and it's just really i had just had to let it go and kind of it will come when it comes. Yeah, but I can't really understand. Like you know, when artists release their second album and they have that second album syndrome. Yeah, (laughs) I'm having the same thing at the moment. I've mentioned this.
1: I mentioned this TED Talk in this podcast before, but have you seen the one with Elizabeth Gilbert when she talks about what the creativity? And then she starts off by talking about what it's like to have just written a mega bestseller and then like be in this like wake of that.
0: No, that's a good
1: oh, you, would, you would so love it. It's really, it's an amazing talk. Um, oh. I've referenced it a few times because it's just one of my favorites. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it, so what is that, what is that like? Like take us through what that feels like to have written something successful. And then here you are. Um, what are, what are some of the thoughts that come up for you?
0: Usually it's, I should be working on my next book. Like I'd, I had set aside time around Christmas and then people say, oh, when are you going to write? A lot of people are saying, when are you going to write your next book? Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of you hear, you hear things externally, and then there's an internal pressure, like, actually, I should be doing something. I should get something out there. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I am a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, I don't, I can't just write anything. Like, some people can kind of just write about anything. For me, what I'm doing needs to be at the forefront of, of something. It needs to be avant-garde. Uh-huh. Um, so like my book The Energy Equation I wrote a couple of, I finished it a couple of years ago and now um, all the subjects that I was talking about are suddenly like mindfulness is suddenly coming, becoming talked about a lot more in, in the corporate world mm-hmm. um, so and for me it was like something new it was creating something which hasn't been talked about before so I think now I have, I'm putting the pressure on myself to create something which hasn't been explored before mm-hmm. um, maybe I should relax a bit about it but I have quite a perfectionist streak in terms of creating something which is unique and which is, which, which, um, is not out there in the moment.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this is, it's an interesting conversation because I feel that I'm, I'm on the perfectionist end too. You know, I, I really, I edit as I write and I, I look at my writing kind of like a sculptor would look at a sculpt, you know, making a sculpture. Um, yeah. and, And I think that I didn't give myself permission to do that for a while. I thought, okay, I should just, I should be just tossing out a first draft, and it should be, you know, sort of okay. And then I go back and edit it, and it gets better. And that's the way it would be. That's the way it should be done because I shouldn't edit as I go. But but it just didn't seem to fit me. Um, Have you had similar experiences in in kind of like coming to terms with how you do things?
0: Um, I'm quite happy with. Like the creative process, I don't. I can easily not be in the edit mode. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more about the quality of the ideas. Um, if I if I'm if I get bored of what I'm writing, then it's not the right thing. I need to be excited what I, about what I'm writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I sometimes I see myself as this crazy scientist, and I see like if I can if I see like I see connections, I see ideas forming, and it's more about. And sometimes I'll actually just be in that world of creativity, and not even actually bring it down, put pen to paper or, mm-hmm. or type it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's yeah for me it's all about it's actually the quality of the idea rather than the, the writing editing. I can switch between creative mode and editing mode pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all it's all about the idea, the uniqueness. Um, nice. Yeah, I could have yeah. I, uh,
1: so, um, some another question. Um, when are you going to write your second book? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for it. Come on, man. Uh, uh yeah. It's coming. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you going to say more on that? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Uh,
0: I think in the uh, actually I went to see Psychic and they told me that it's coming. <laughs> so <laughs> it's two years.
1: Well, that's good. <laughs> at least you know it's coming. You know, <laughs> there is
0: there is, there will be two or three in total at least. It, good, so, good.
1: It's gonna happen. Um. So, a mutual friend of ours, Allison Crowe, um, said something really interesting when she was on this show, and she talked about how at the time I think she was she hadn't painted in like three weeks and she was on kind of a Drought, let's say. And as she thought about it and described it, she said, You know, I, in a way, I'm always painting because I'm thinking about the next painting. I'm thinking about what I want to create. I'm looking at colors. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of flirting with the blank canvas, you know, and, and it's, it's a fun, it's like a fun foreplay, you know, Mm. not, so in, in the sense like you're, you know you have you're thinking about you're thinking about it you're you're playing with the idea you're you're teasing it but it's it's all foreplay it's all it really all is it is all part of the writing process in one sense and i really like that yeah. idea you know yeah and going to psychics also a good part of the writing process too <laughs> very important
0: you got to try everything like <laughs> i i actually probably at some point I will write a book of creativity cuz i i speak to loads of and I'm, It's funny because I don't. I never considered myself to be a creative person at all. But I've been speaking to actors and di- film director, um, loads of creatives, and just to understand the creative process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's something I find very interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I love that. So it's funny because I started um, doing other creative things like singing. Um, actually, bought a sketch pad to do some drawing. I used to be really good at art. Nice. So, uh, so i was doing a bit of foreplay in other areas yeah the moment.
1: yeah tell me what fascinates you about creativity
0: um it's just for me it's creativity is why we're human okay mm. like what makes us what we are and i think everyone has some creativity in them um but it's like I don't know. I like I have I have lots of theories around creativity. I feel I, sometimes I think what think we're connected to different dimensions, um, alternative dimensions. I for me it's really fascinating. I have a lot of hypotheses which I haven't tested yet, but I'm what, very interested.
1: Test them out. Let's do it. Well, what tell me? <laughs> give, give me one that you that you feel like, and I'll and I'll give you a few too. I have a I have some I have some theories of my own. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think creativity is tapping into this infinite formless thing which exists in a different universe other than our own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think each, each piece of creativity has something to say, something to contribute to humanity. I feel like it wakes us up. It's all energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and like for me, I'm very aware of my surroundings. I love, I love art, and I love um, places that have been designed and been created and for me, I, I'm quite kinesthetic and it just gives me a good feeling. Like I really sense the energy of, of people and places. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, something is being channeled through creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels it feels that, that feeling in my body, it feels kind of like home in a mm-hmm. way. Um, if I go to, le- I'm just thinking of architecture and if I go somewhere where I can tell somebody designed this, from their creativity you know this was this was an inspired creation versus yeah. uh you know some kind of assembly line cookie cutter thing um, yeah. it it has this kind of home feeling to me um in a really nice way
0: oh
1: yeah you know one of the, so the, here's the thing that that i really am fascinated about creativity and if you write a book on creativity i know you're a researcher and a scientist in this way and this is something that would be really fascinating to study and I was talking about this with Paulo the other day. Is I've and I am I'm, I'm making a general statement here, so I don't I can't back this up, but you know we I think humans are the only species that is able to be creative. I I I don't know that we can we can actually see at least the creativity that I'm I'm referring to as like this choice of self-expression. I mean, there's so much beauty in nature and in the mm. animal kingdom. I mean, it's yeah. endless beauty. But creativity, specifically about this kind of idea of breaking the mold, where you don't see like a bird's nest that is like two floors, or, or you don't you don't see like a bird's nest that is an an odd shape. Everything is utilitarian. Yeah, you know, in nature, and humans. I think are we, This is the thing that. You know and, and Steve Chandler talks about this too, he says, you know worry is a misuse of the imagination. We can take this thing called creativity, and we can screw ourselves up or we can elevate ourselves to endless heights, yeah, but it 's the thing that makes us human and that 's why I love what you said. this creativity is why we 're human, like I totally get that because yeah. i i don 't think that animals can do this not not to say that we 're better than them because again it's it 's this kind of blessing and a curse but I've never seen an animal be creative. And I'd love, I'd love for somebody to write to me and tell me that I'm wrong because I, I really am not attached to it. I just, I'm fascinated <laughs> with this concept, though.
0: You probably should watch more cat videos, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you assuming I don't watch a lot of cat videos? <laughs> you know, I have had the experience of understanding that animals are very self-aware. Which is interesting, um and so I do believe that there's a huge spiritual component to animals and that they're self aware um but I've never had the experience of seeing an animal be creative
0: so yeah I, think, yeah I agree I think it's a human aspect what was that? what um yeah I think it's more of a hu- it's a human aspect like I, I i believe we're tapping into something else
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and I think maybe as humans we we're the only people that can do that, or maybe that's what we're interested
1: in. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think in a, in a very non-spiritual way, it's the evolution of our, our frontal lobe, you know, as, mm. and cause, you know, a, even at certain stages of our human development, like a, a two year old um, is in a sense in that flow state all the time, but is not, is not, when I say not creative, I mean, in a sense, it's hard, but there is this like adult version of creativity that yeah. that happens, you know? Um, and and it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think probably two-year-olds are overwhelmed by everything. So they have that channel, but they can't filter. And they don't have the skill as well, but they can't take one piece and, and kind of create with it. They probably tapped into everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overloaded. Yeah, but then they do have, they do see imaginary friends and kind of see things that we don't see a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, I think it's it, it's like their creativity is sort of on automatic; it's just always happening. and yeah. and and then maybe there's this, and, and then I, maybe we can even distinguish between creativity and art, and that art is is the is is bridging the gap between that formless space. And the page, or the canvas, or whatever—you uh, know, the 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 theater, the the stage—and and then and then putting together a finished su- putting together a finished work of art might be a whole mm. different subject too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think probably there's some element of wisdom that comes into there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never yeah. thought about this before. Like that way. Yeah.
1: No, it's good. I love getting really geeky about this stuff. Um, so, let's get back to you as a writer for a second. Um, who are some of the people that have influenced you, like as a writer? Maybe, w- what are some things that you read and and um, and that have that have inspired your writing or creativity
0: over the years? Um, I read a lot of personal development books. I think like a lot of people, and I think I when I was reading them, I kind of got to a, kind of absorbed the structure of writing, like how to write something, how to present an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of, I think before I published, like after I published my book, I think I started to develop a bit more appreciation for great writers. So, um, someone who inspires me is Steve Chandler, cause I love, I love the way Steve writes. It's just mm-hmm. funny. It's creative. It's, it wakes people up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I really love his, his writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, do, I like the work by Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, just because he's very scientific, very, everything is very well researched, but he also understands spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he's basically bridging the gap between spirituality and science, which, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else? Um, I think those are the main things.
1: Are you familiar with um, Rupert Sheldrake?
0: I've heard the name, but I haven't read any of his, his books.
1: I have. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with his him as a writer, but uh, he's an interesting guy that's bridging a lot of gaps between science and spirituality as well. Okay. Oh, he does out. studies in telepathy and animal communication and stuff like that.
0: Oh, wow, I love that. Really oh, actually, yes. Yeah, so it reminds me of Lynn, Lynn Twist. I think she's great as well. So she she wrote about the field, and um, she studies telep- telepathy and psychic ph- phenomenon as well. Uh-huh. really I'll Nice. Check out. Drake,
1: what what inspired your let's call it um your current views on spirituality because you know you said you are a pretty scientific person and so um you seem to have your feet pretty deep in both of these worlds have you always been um explaining things in the context of spirituality or is how did that how did that
0: develop for you um, I've, it's been actually since, f- f- through my growing up, uh, my dad was really into Eastern philosophies. He did Kung Fu and Tai Chi, um, and he had loads, quite a lot of interesting books. And actually, he, I read, actually my first experience of spirituality was reading his copy of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Oh, yeah. And I read this when I was 16 and I had this like experience of just being completely connected to everything. Oh, um, cool. And, yeah, it was, like, one of those peak experiences. So, like, I've had actual experiences. So I've never, like, as much as I enjoy science and, and maths, I love learning anyway, and I've never felt that there's one way. I've always been able to look at things from different angles, from a scientific angle, from a spiritual spiritual, spiritual angle. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's just, like, learning a different language. Like, if you speak French, you can look at the world from the French point of view, you can look at it from English, Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just being able to speak different languages. I don't, I don't see, I don't see a world of it's one or the other. I see a world where this, is, this is science, is spirituality. Let's see what's in common with both, or let's look at it from one point of view or from another. Uh-huh. So I think that I think that has really helped me to kind of bring all these disciplines together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was good at art as well. So I've always, I think I've always lived in that creative world.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wanted to be a new Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> I think
1: that's it. I, I you know, a Renaissance man—that would be really yeah. cool. Um, I feel like that's that's something that we don't have enough of today. You know, the world of yeah. over specialization. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you do you have any sense of what you are interested in writing about these days? I mean, I know I joked about the second book thing, but um, you know, it, what what are you? what 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 has been interesting you um in terms of writing and and research and that stuff
0: um It's changing all the time actually um I th- recently was business and leadership um, now moving more I'm interested more in the creative process mm-hmm. uh, it's really for me it's all about how can we improve as human beings what's the potential for human being? That's generally the core theme of mm-hmm. everything. It's all about uh, growth spiritually, and that can be spiritual. Or it can be through work and success as well, mm-hmm. um, just on the more earthly plane. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's anything that, yeah, anything that really benefits humanity. Um, I don't really write about relationships because i'm not very experienced in that area but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of which is why i love reading your stuff <laughs> <laughs> well but you know I, it's yeah. less
1: less painful to make a lot of mistakes in science than relationships i feel like so <laughs> i think, I think you good. probably chose a good niche <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> uh, okay i'm gonna fire some more questions at you here um so, right, what right. what is what are some of your fears as a writer
0: um, my fear is probably not being successful. Or, it's funny because I got a publisher, a major publisher, and I think that put some pressure on me to, like, i got to sell copies because if I do not make this one work, then I'm not going to be able to go with an, uh, another major publisher again.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so that definitely was a fear that was driving me. But, I mean, it's not that relevant now because um anyone can self-publish but I kind of do like the prestige of being kind of like with, with one of the big guys even though you don't make as much money mm-hmm. Um I think that's one fear any other fears around writing um, oh yeah so my a fear, fear that the creative, creative flow will stop and I won't be able to get it back mm-hmm.
1: lose your mojo yeah, yeah, exactly. i my major. <laughs> <laughs> that comes up a
0: lot, actually. I have to say. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. What was it like? Uh, so, why did you decide to go with a major publisher with all the self-publishing options?
0: because um, it was when I first wrote my book. I actually didn't intend to write a book. It was just um, I was writing a little module for my coaching practice, and it just turned into a book. Huh. and I was going to re- release it as an ebook and a course and just through I don't know if it was for accident I, I, when I first wrote it I didn't have any confidence in it because I had never written anything before mm-hmm. didn't know if it was any good um, so I was going to release it as an ebook because then you don't need to have the same level of quality control yeah. and then I was just having a conversation with a friend and they were just saying why don't you um, like give it, send it to a friend of mine called Pavel who um kind of works with publishers so i thought yeah i'll do that i'll send it to him so i sent it to him he loved it and then got me put me in touch with an agent um so then that's when i was like oh wow i've actually written something that people will read this this is great yeah um so that gave me a lot of confidence so then um working with agent they obviously try and find you a a decent good publisher so i thought i'll just go that route anyway um there was a point where the public the the negotiation process for the book, I think, took about 18 months. So I did consider self-publishing at that time, but actually I didn't have the money to to do it the way I wanted to in the first place. So that kind of put a hold on it. I thought, actually, just be patient and just go with Pearson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was behind the decision. And I knew I'd be giving up a lot of money, but then... Um, The good thing is it it was put put into the shops. It got into the business book charts in W.H. Smith, which is one of the major um, kind of bookstores over here. Uh So I think I made the right decision, even though at the time I was like, "Oh, this take forever."
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you feel like it it really got you more exposure, which ultimately is, you know, is great. It doesn't. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And the finished product was was really good. Like the quality of the book, the was was excellent, and then the whole get it published it was just very smooth
1: and you feel like the quality was due to them kicking in what editors or, or proofreaders that kind of thing or what was it
0: um everything editors the artwork the cover design it was all pretty well done
1: yeah i loved I, your cover design is fantastic and definitely something that stands out too it's i mean it really truly looks like a you know as professional as any book out there which is you know, I guess you can't say the same for a lot of self published books.
0: Yeah. Like I, I can't put out substandard products. I'm very, as I said, quite perfectionist when it comes to that, like it's all about the look and feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that, you know, yeah, it's like I, I would want to have the same look and feel, but I know I would spend some money for that. And that's, that's good to realize.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. If I were to ask you, uh, why do you, why do you write, what would you say?
0: I write to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because it's, it's, my, it's my expression, it's who I am. Like, I, I write to make a difference in the world. Um, like, generally, I have, if I have, like, lots of unfinished blogs and the ones that get posted are the ones that I, I feel that will make a difference. Like, it's who I am.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine not kind of creating, like when I was young, I mean, before I published my book, I was kind of hiding. But now, like, I have a voice and it needs to be expressed. And there's, I have a unique perspective, which I think makes a difference. So that's what has me right, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm quite happy not to, like, if I don't have anything to say, I'm quite happy to not write anything. Um, like I have a Huffington Post blog and I've, I think I've only posted three times mm-hmm. on there it's just like I, I don't I want these believers in not taking up what's the word taking up airspace mm-hmm. if I don't have anything to say I just won't say it so yeah, when I do say something I feel that is quite important
1: mm-hmm. yeah hmm. well, tell me a little more about your writing process uh, when you're writing your first book like what did you have any kind of routines? I mean, we talked about sort of where, how you relate to the inspiration and the channel. Um, yeah. Did you have any kind of schedule for yourself? Did you, you know, pick a time every day and sit down and write, or did you just kind of let it come to you? What you do?
0: I let it come to me. I was like the mad scientist. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I did it over Chris the Christmas period, so I had I wasn't working. Um, I had all this time off, and I just went with the um what's the word I went with the inspiration when I was inspired I just wrote and I would just as long as it took probably the longest I'd probably sit four hours in a session then I'd it was Christmas so I'd go visit family and come back and and write again Mm -hmm. um it was just really I write when inspiration takes me essentially and then there's bits where you need to do research those are the bits where I kind of park them and kind of come back to them but Uh It's just, it's all about the creative flow and just channeling it and then kind of then going to the research mode and then editing the editing mode at some point as well. Uh Uh Uh, So, in terms of, I have done like I have, have, when I'm writing blogs, I do have deadlines and they do work. Um, And it's not always as, as pleasant a process. To be honest, so mm-hmm. there's times where I'm struggling, but then at some point something will like I'll resist. Leave I'll leave everything to the last minute, and then I've got like the night to create a blog, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which is which is not the best way to do it. But then something will click, and then it will, it will it will just come out. Yeah, actually, um, I prefer the the formal way, which is just going with the creative flow. But sometimes when you have a deadline, you just got to do it. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: yeah. The, you know the the mojo hasn't let you down yet. I mean, you've made the deadline so. so
0: yeah. Far, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually, I think it's funny because there was a period of time where I wrote the book and then I was writing all these promotional blogs, and then I was I was thinking, damn, I'm just bloody repeating myself over and over again, and I was getting bored <laughs> bored of writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were times where I just I have to cut and paste, but I kind of hate that. I like to create something new. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I think, I think when being creative, it's really important to do something that you really want to do and just and being that and create something new. I, I find it really hard to kind of regurgitate the same things. Oh, that's and, the worst.
1: I mean, it's yeah, so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's possible, but it, it that really occurs to me like like work. Yes, <laughs> and that, that's no so fun. was not
0: fun. Yeah, and like I I think I had a few kind of articles from for magazines and sometimes you get these stupid topics and you think for fuck's sake, <laughs> the fun things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you kinda of have to steer it to something that you would actually be happy to produce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What what have, what did you learn in studying energy um that would apply to you or others um, as a writer so
0: um,
1: since well, that happened to be the specialty that you you focused on in the last book
0: yeah so i think there's you've got to break that down so i think there's the actual physical energy which is when you're just doing the writing and it's just making sure that um like your brain is functioning optimally you get enough sleep uh-huh. um like you have the endurance stamina to sit sit down and write, and then um, there's inspiration. So there's something called um, the inspiration side of it. You stress, so when you are basically positively stressed, you're inspired, and you just want to kind of you just you just have to you basically you're just driven to work, which is a great feeling. And I think um, that's great, and you should honour that. Mm-hmm. But there's you need something to manage that and temper that as well, so you're not basically essentially burning yourself out. I think that's that's one of the, the major things. Uh-huh. Um, um, so and obviously it depends on your schedule. If you if you have if your time is your own, you're not working, then you can go for it. Just go go with that flow. But if you're working and you kind of have to manage your stress with being practical and kind of getting them to work on time and sleeping, et cetera. Uh-huh. Et cetera. Uh-huh. I think that's one of the major things. And then um, really finding out what inspires you and what feels of your energy and what drains you of energy. And if you're writing a book, um, like really stay away from people who, who drain you of energy because then you won't have anything to, to write for your book. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you might need to cocoon yourself. Um, um, yeah. And, and be in the right environment. Um, yeah. When I finished my book, I, I went to a hotel and just booked myself into a hotel just to get it done. Um, so in terms of being productive i think um really changing your environment making sure you're in the right space to 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 write making sure with the right people if you need to be around people and doing it at a time that works for you um i'm a, I'm a morning person but when it comes to writing my creativity comes at night so mm. i need to balance that and usually i will, in the morning i'm more likely to do editing and then in the evening um let the creative activity come and if i'm too tired to write then i'll just record it and then kind of write it the next day so it's really i think working working out your rhythm your your body's rhythms and what works for you i think it's one of the key things i'd say yeah I,
1: i've heard that from other people too that 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 cycle of uh writing at night and then editing in the morning um, yeah especially with with some caffeine in the morning that helps the editing
0: process.
1: (laughs) Good to see you. It's not just me then. (laughs) I actually had my first my first like um, boat with with coffee addiction here in Bali (laughs) living here for the past four months. I never really done coffee other than just you know oh somebody's making some coffee sure I'll have a cup but I, I had a routine here and I was getting up really early to report to record these podcasts because the internet's really good in the morning. And so I, I would get in at like seven in the morning, um, and I would start recording and then I'd work furiously to like noon or one and two. And then I'd go eat after that. And I would just, sometimes I would do like two cups of coffee a day and it would be fantastic because I would be go, 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 go. But then I started to see that I was like, if I didn't have the coffee, it was like bad news. And so I, I just weaned myself off it and I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to eat better and focus on my meals and, and waking up naturally. And, um, but it was fun. It was like, I got to feel like what it was like to be a coffee addict for like a few months. Um, and, uh, there was something, something very romantic about it as a writer.
0: <laughs> you know? Were you smoking as well? Did you have cigarettes? <laughs>
1: no, no, I probably could have. I probably It'll be the next. Thing. but uh yeah like having a cigarette and like typing away furiously and smoking furiously you know it's like that sounds so awesome <laughs> yeah,
0: sounds cool. it's funny actually i was listening to on tv in the uk we had um there's been talks about cannabis and kind of legalizing cannabis and yeah. richard branson was talking about how most of his artists in emi I had to smoke cannabis to be creative. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I. I think I don't think it will work for me writing. Because <laughs> have you because, ever tried? No, not, I haven't. Not I've tried it. I haven't tried writing with it. Oh, you should totally try just that. Not, I mean, it's not.
1: It's interesting. psychedelic stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's like uh, it's like anything that works on your filter. You know, it 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 gives you a, it gives you a window. I think into something where you're not you know it's somewhat nonsensical and it sometimes it turns out great and sometimes you look at it and you're like this is shit," you know and and i can't believe this isn't staying um yeah. but yeah it's kind of fun it's interesting Yeah. Um, w- one of the women i interviewed wrote her whole first book just stoned you know and then she edited oh, wow. it and edited, edited it sober but um yeah it's uh it's really cool
0: um something could be something to explore in the create in a book on creativity
1: well, you'd have to do the research if you wrote the book, so you'd have to. Well, you know, important. it's funny because
0: we have like there is this program about ca- cannabis, and you have these well-respected news readers who are smoking spliff, and it's like like you would never imagine. Like they're so stiff British and stiff upper lip, you would never yeah. imagine them smoking weed, and they're smoking weed. <laughs> so it's quite oh, nice. funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> great.
1: I think it's coming around, man. I think it's coming around. It's uh, very soon. This it'll be it'll be very normal. Um, yeah but uh okay so i've got last question here um if you could write yourself a note and slip it back to Daniel Brown in the past and share some wisdom that you've learned over uh in the course of writing this book and 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 the writing that you've done um what would you write to yourself and at what time would you send it to yourself in the past
0: uh I don't know if it's related to writing, but I would send, I would, I would write back and say, save money, because <laughs> 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 I think, like, not, I had, there were times where I was like financially struggling, and I I earned pretty lot a lot during my first couple of years because I worked in banking, but uh-huh. seemed to have squandered it, um, and I think if I had more savings in the bank, I probably would have been a lot more relaxed about the creative process. Mm-hmm. There's times where you kind of force yourself because you're kind of worried about time and money. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was that would be something. And then for us to answer specifically about writing, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't think, I think everything has, I think actually it's probably more believing in yourself, actually, and stop procrastinating. Because it took me a while from writing my book to actually getting it published. And a lot of that was just not believing that I had written something which was worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be honest, everything like I became like me being published was an accident anyway. So I think it was, yeah, it was, it was a learning process. It was an accident, it was not intentional. I think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it probably it was a bit the way it went is the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. Um, probably, I was, I think the thing is probably enjoy the process more, just mm-hmm. enjoy enjoy it, and kind of go with it, enjoy it. I think it's probably the piece of advice I would say. I'd like to know yours actually. What would yours be?
1: <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> nobody's ever asked me that. Um, you know, I, I think it would send it back to to myself um I feel like six or seven years ago when I started blogging, which is my first like my first publishing writing, you know, other than school. And and i think i would i would say something to the effect of you really love this and it's 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 like it's totally okay to love this
0: because yeah.
1: Yeah, i don't i don't feel like i really gave myself permission i was i was joking about this today with with a friend and i said you know writing for me up until about 4 months ago has been yeah. like the that that like friend who just kind of hangs out with you. Yeah. It's been a hangout with me my whole life. And I've, it's like the sweetest friend that it's just like, Hey man, I'm just here for you. And I know you love me, but you don't have to say it. And so (laughs) it's like, (laughs) I I've been, cause I've been loving writing my whole life. I mean, it's yeah. clearly it's just I mean, the evidence is there, and and even you know when we, we both know um, you know Rich Lipton, and, and so when I was getting coached by him and on building a coaching practice, you know the only thing that I was really following up and doing consistently was writing. I wasn't really calling people, I wasn't enrolling clients, I was yeah. just writing, and, and I would come up with these brilliant articles as sort of an excuse not to do the other stuff. But the truth was, I just really wanted to write. And so I yeah. finally let myself just be in love with this thing called writing because I'd been in love with it all along. It was like a you know it was like this romance that I that I've just kind of ignored, and then finally I got the girl next door. Like all right, that's it. You know, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna get married. And so <laughs> I think I would really just give myself permission to do that, and especially blogging. Like you know, I, I, there, there's something about blogging that sounds so like oh whatever blogger. I fucking love blogging. I mean, I could, I, you know, that, that to me is so close to my heart and how I could spend the rest of my life is writing on my own website and monetizing that and having an audience and that's, and then writing, you know, writing books, but having the blog be like the foundation of my life, like that sounds kind of crazy to me, but yet it's the thing that really feels right. So. I would want to write something that that says, "Hey, um, you know, you can love writing. It's totally okay. There are, you know, there are people that do that, and they're called writers, and you can hang out with them too."
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's funny because I had the same experience. Like I would like building my coaching practice, I'd be like, "Oh, I should be on the phone," but like, I really want to write. Like, yeah. And I would punish myself for not for not being productive and and punish myself by not writing. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally hear you on that. Yeah. that's the thing that I would love. I love doing as well more than more than kind of the enrolling stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, and the conversations are fun, but uh, but ultimately, if I had to give up one thing, I mean, the the coaching would, would go in a, in a second, and I'd keep the writing. Yeah, know? and um, you know, that's that's just th- and that's just me too. It wasn't that that was a deeper truth about humans. That was just like how I am you know yeah and okay wow that's pretty cool so um that was really fun to see
0: wow that's great yeah
1: well this has been a real pleasure man thanks for uh thanks for taking the time and i'm glad this this worked out
0: thank you it's been great i think it's been great to be on the show and i look forward to your next book it's coming (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not looking forward to it that much all right (laughs) okay (laughs) all right i'll talk to you soon thanks a lot cheers
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, here's a few more that you might like. One is episode 13 with Laurie Richards. She talks about a similar way of allowing the writing to come through you. And the second is the first episode with Steve Chandler, who is um, a gentleman that both Daniel Brown and I have looked up to and and uh, modeled a lot after. And so I think you'll enjoy that episode as well. Uh, Go to darkenthepage.com slash 001 for Steve Chandler and 013 for Laurie Richards. Thanks for listening. Now go make your art.